0: I don't know nothing
1: about no science, but I sure should know how to break into a car!
0: Winston wasn't Matt so you now listening to good, bad, or bullshit. Hello, and what's good, bad, or bullshit? Podcast, it makes you happy. I'm Crofton Steers, the uh, the one that you came here to listen to, and uh, with me, as uh, always, are my two co-hosts, uh, Mike Hodgins, the one that makes you angry. Hey, Mike.
2: Hey, Crofton. I
0: am feeling angry after this is, after
2: the way your intro started. So on track. And to
0: Bo Schwartz, the one whose voice makes you think he's saying intelligent things. Hello, hey,
1: Crofton. Did you know that if you buy into REITs and maximize it with the short fund of the optimization of financial remuneration, you can actually profit without doing any work. And the listeners can too. It's a sweet little tip for everyone out there. Uh, get in on it before everyone gets in on it, and then it's not a secret anymore, and no one gains. Bo, that's, you missed that's your insider uh... information right there for you, straight <laughs> from the Trump man himself. I'm his personal friend. I like Trump. I really like Trump. Trump likes me. We like each other. But you, you know, you, just well, as
2: Trump does love the poorly educated. <laughs> 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 Said it
1: himself. You do. Uh, you know fuck you uh,
0: yourself. <laughs> you may have missed your opportunities at timeshare sh- time timeshare salesman or a or perhaps a pyramid scheme orchestrator, Bo.
2: Man. Or you could have got in with Trump's mortgage company that started in like 2007. <laughs> I love when that's pointed out as one of his failed businesses, and it, they show him being like, "It's a great time to be in the mortgage business." <laughs> it's Like right before the whole thing, tank. I'm like, uh, oh, he's such a shill. Man. working again.
1: You know, say what you will about him, because I only ever hear about failures and how he's stupid. But um, he's a real, he's a real working shill. Whenever I see him there on the TV. He's always wanting me to think things and to buy things and looking real charming. Like, and oh. uh, <laughs> what who are you looking at? I think he not? has a charisma that people buy into. Even he's like that's the that's the joke. It's that his hair is so nasty, he's an orange person. He says dumb shit, but he's got swagger. You don't Earth. have swagger, Crofton doesn't have swagger. I have swagger, I don't have swagger like that. So, that guy's got it, mad it... swagger. You're mistaking swagger with like arrogance. And oh, arrogance is part of swagger. You got, got- arrogance
2: is <laughs> for you.
0: And in any case, you gotta you gotta admit though, Trump's got to be doing something right when we spend the second podcast in a row doing preamble <laughs> about an American politician. True. Um,
2: okay. I have a completely unrelated thing to mention. Do it. You guys are gonna think this is stupid for sure, uh, but I'll mention it anyways. Um, <laughs> the other day, I had like what I considered to be a stupid epiphany like whereas when i thought of this idea i was like oh i've never thought of this before and it felt meaningful to me but yet it was also really stupid so it occurred to me and you guys are probably just going to roll your eyes as will our listeners that the alphabet is in arbitrary order and i that just never occurred to me i'm okay. like a i am like I guess with my kid i'd be like a b c i'm like wait a minute it, it doesn't matter what order those letters go in it's not like numbers where you have increasing values or amounts. The alphabet, it could be any any
1: order. Look, let it me let, let me. Difference. I need to respond to this. First of all, that is not a stupid epiphany. I think what you, I think that's your cynic side. Even saying your own thoughts are stupid, you're like, I'm having a thought. It's great. <laughs> Why am I having this thought? It's stupid. It's fucking awful. But well, actually, it obvious. It seems that's... obvious, which is I, think, I think more it's what you're stupid. Tra- no, no. Wait, <laughs> wait. Because i never i never considered it either, and I'm glad you said it because you're right. who is the person who said that they had yeah. to be in the order they're in? there is no numerical value associated with any it's a letter it's completely but you, but yet, it's but completely we use it. number neutral order neutral
2: yeah, and yet we but yet we use it as if the order is important like if you get to something you'll be like it'll be like one a one b, and they'll use that as if the it's not in any kind of ascending order. See, I can,
0: I can hear Vo typing now, and the reason that he's typing is because it would probably be super easy to find this on the internet, and why the order is right. as it is in, uh, in fine. two seconds. I'll
1: make a new show and, called "Ask it, Google Questions,"
0: and and I will I will say to, to defend Mike's stupid epiphany uh, is is it um, often we end up using especially expressions like expressions you'll use throughout your life and you'll never really think about where did that expression come from why do I say it this way I've been saying it my whole life um, but it probably stems from something somebody came up with it it's related to okay. something
1: and st- something that you might not even know so the alphabet is one I of those know, I know we frown <laughs> upon live research but I have a quotable here for you from the oxforddictionaries.com the place where you go to get the word stuff it's a quotable i pull it right out so blah 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 comes from this civilization that comes from this civilization the Greeks had an alphabet blah 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 you know language evolves over time. Yeah yeah. yeah. But the final sentence is in other words we do it like this because we've always done it like this but why we did it in the first place no one knows.
2: Yeah. And I guess well, That was
1: not helpful.
2: Well no actually I I think but I think it's correct. I mean obviously obviously we do it because it's convention you know and that's the way we're taught it and but again i when i when i thought i'm like it's just it's totally arbitrary and and i was like oh oh i never thought of this before and yet it's so obvious and anyways yeah it's kind of stupid
1: but um, sure i i really appreciated that you had you had that thought and that you shared it and 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 crofton look on crofton's face right now is like it's so dumb (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right, well, that wasn't really... Crafton,
1: you wrong. might be a little bit of a cynic yourself. You shouldn't give Mike to be, so much of a hard To heart.
2: be
0: fair, I'm I'm actually really sick, and so my energy oh. level for tomfoolery is, is at a low point. Well, then we so, should get
1: back right to a
0: topic. Uh, well, I guess that's probably... All right, Mike, I'd give think.
1: her a crank there, buddy.
0: <laughs> Bo says that to Michael.
1: Sometimes related G- to the random target <laughs> H-I-J-K-L-N O P. H I J K L M N O P. Other times related to U R S T U V W X Y and All right, Croft or Mike, what's our what's our topic today, what sir? The top today is uh, the martial arts.
2: Oh, nice! <whistles> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh.
0: Since, uh, <laughs> way back when we did mixed martial arts which i
2: guess is like yeah you know, but that's like thing? a really specific kind of like you know entertainment sport this is just like, like you know kung fu or karate or jiu jitsu
0: it's funny cuz it just seems like the same shit to me it's just one's popular on tv and the other's not
2: well no because the mixed martial the reason it's called mixed martial arts is because it was something that it's like an amalgam of effective portions of any and all martial arts for the purposes of beating someone up in the most effective way possible which is why they all do it the same way now i guess whereas if you like a practitioner of say taekwondo uh, or kung fu or karate you <laughs> feel like you have to say it like it. it's it's a specific <laughs> type of, of fighting right or judo
1: capoeira you know? capoeira yeah.
2: all of, any or all of them but but they have a specific way of doing something and it's not like
1: jewish jitsu what no there's no Juj- it's jujitsu okay and the one actually, bruce lee came up with was is jikundo
2: i think you're thinking krav maga is actually the the, the israeli, israeli uh, martial art
0: well here's mike here's a question i never had before your explanation of the difference between the two so you say like if if there is a martial art that's which is mixed martial art that is just consolidating all the best aspects of martial arts or most effective ones into one martial art? Then what are the other ones good for? Because I, don't get I think
1: it. on that topic, we were talking, we were specifically focused on like UFC, you know, the octagon style, that that culture, that mixed MMA, that, 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 yeah, that people sport. wearing tap out shirts and drinking
2: but protein. we, we didn't, we didn't gym. go,
1: you know, we weren't discussing like the, the lifelong training of Shaolin monks. Sounds like real you guys are out. just trying to have your cake and eat it too with how we perceive this topic, Dude, as what? opposed to okay, how we that's perceive sick that Crofton other talking topic. Because if, this is basically fighting. Crofton likes fighting. I think yeah. you like wrestling. You like MMA. You like the fight fighting stuff. This is a good topic, right? We, we, we've we've not done this before I, on the show, but I'm happy to just spin the machine again if you think it's too similar. Oh, we've
2: never done kind of this.
1: Topic. Oh, we can do the it? Day? it. You think it's
2: you know for veto from Crofton. Things?
0: What? Why are you both talking at the same time? I'm sick.
1: I can't decipher all these words. <laughs>
2: you can just get the machine going again and get a new random, Vito. more random topic.
1: Veto. I'll support now, your veto.
2: I, I'm not. I'm
0: not necessarily vetoing because, like, I, as long as I understand that, that there's a difference. You guys essentially were reviewing mixed martial arts less as martial arts and more as UFC uh, pay per views and TVs, and now you want to talk about. Martial arts as martial arts. <laughs> well, well the we separate, don't. I, the, 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 the random topic generator
1: to wants to talk about it's it. I, I'm just,
0: I'm just saying. Like these are, you know, I under, I understand why you would want to differentiate the two. It makes it much easier to give one a bad one and one a good one. Okay, um,
2: let's let's start the machine again. All right, it's, it's a it's a precedent. Let's it, do it. Give it. We got it. We got right Vito initiated. What this is I a historic day.
1: And, uh, historic day. Here we go. <laughs> Wow, first
0: time two machines. This will answer to a trivia question one day.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is sort of different. Uh, <laughs> it's
0: wait. Let me guess. Karate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, we should do karate. 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 Um. No, it is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, that's uh, man. That
1: veto was worth.
2: Well, so we've done a series of these. We've done Star Trek. We've done Star Wars. I guess we had to throw a, a, um, a into the Hopper, if you know, the fantasy large, uh, you know, franchise. There, hmm. I would
0: like. I would like to point out how when we post when we post the episode, it is going to be called Lord of the Rings, and it's going to go up. And whoever is into Lord of the Rings is gonna go on an emotional journey to reach the point where we do talk about Lord of the Rings. So he that person is gonna go through Donald Trump, gonna go through Mike's Epiphany on the alphabet, gonna go through the random topic generator pulling out martial arts, then us re examining that topic, and then finally us running it again and talking about Lord of the Rings. So if
2: you made and this far then recapping what happened so far. <laughs>
0: you made it this far lord of the rings fans kudos because now we will talk about lord yeah. of the rings
2: it's you know it's, it's, it's like 11
1: it, minutes you won't get back friends well it's sort of like the whole middle book <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh middle, middle book lord slam <laughs> two tower slam <laughs>
0: okay so there's there's two ways of uh, sort of discussing the lord of the rings one is as a work in and of itself and and two is with regards to its overall impact and and uh what it has essentially influenced since since release. Two things which I think are are both notable. Um I really enjoyed Lord of the Rings, especially as a teenager. Um and uh, The Hobbit as well, the which is the essentially prequel prequel book. And now it's funny because like we go to the movies and all the movies are tied in like they're all part of cinematic universes and everything is like sort of – nothing is a one-shot anymore. Everything is interconnected. But when The Lord of the Rings came out, that was new. There was very few things. There was C.S. Lewis and and the Narnia stuff and there was J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, the Middle Earth stuff, and these were like the idea of breaking a book into multiple parts and and inventing, creating a fic- a fictional world stuff that we find all over our bookstores or whatever nowadays, movie theaters, whatever. That that was really that was really innovative, and e- so. Part of it is a little dated in that regard because it was the first or one of the first of one of these things, but I think the story like is is a good is a good story and the world is still in an, an interesting world. I think it holds up fairly well.
2: Um, I mean, clearly, yeah it's it's ri- it's rich. You know, there's there's a lot, there's a lot there, um, and I mean the, the two points to which you speak, the like its impact, I think can't kind of be. Um, understated and then but the other side of it the the work itself and it was you that point i think pointed out to me um you were into this what wheel of time thing i think it was that one where you were like the guy who wrote that was like i can write better fantasy than at least i don't know if it was lord of the rings or whatever and then you told me some story about how like that guy just sort of said like i can write better fantasy and then wrote stuff and then you were like it is better uh and having recently read i've been reading the um game of thrones sort of song of ice and fire and it's more intriguing in a lot of ways because it's more like it's it has the same richness so uh in that someone has spent you know years of their life creating a world in which you can immerse yourself with, which which with the details filled in or at least existing and then, but but it, the story itself is sort of like the Lord of the Rings, but it's kind of like juvenile. Is that the right word? Like it's very no one dies really. Well,
1: it's like in Lord Boromir, of the Boromir. Yeah, spoilers
2: because he was bad. Remember, he was bad, yeah. and then spoilers. I mean, oh, S- I, I, Smaug die
1: as well. Well, that's the Hobbit, but anyways. I just
0: point out the two that we talked about: uh, Wheel of Time and uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Neither of those knew how to end. So there's something to be said about about something that, you know, it had a solid beginning, middle, and end. And it's funny because you can't get away from these Peter Jackson movies uh, as well, which were, which were pretty notable movies. If you look at the top grossing fantasy films of all time, they're all there. If you look at the top uh, grossing films of all time. They're often there. But often that second movie, The Two Towers, is considered by many people the best of the three. And it's funny because I agree with Mike. When I'm reading the books, when they're slogging through the swamps of Mordor, oh. I was just like, oh God, just
2: make it in. There's lulls in that middle. Yeah, movie. I know. <laughs> no, and Gollum is following
1: I, him. I think the difference, though, I mean, apart from the obvious climate of the times, or, you know, it's just that um, I think Lord of the Rings is more heavily. I don't want to say influence because I don't really know, but it just feels more like a fable. It has elements of that sort of magic realism in it. It has elements of, um, you know, the symbolism to things, even though, you know, this was the first to do this world-building thing, which, you know don't want to understate its influence. It's like, we wouldn't have Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games and you wouldn't be going to Renaissance Fair or doing LARPing, I guess is more accurate. Um, (laughs) Like, you wouldn't have the Warcraft movie coming out that wouldn't be there. these, These video games and like all this culture sort of based on this notion that they built the world. But I think the world he built wasn't like, I need like, It was more symbolic and more broad and more magical. Even like the little things are magical. Whereas like if you take Game of Thrones, it's very it's world building. Like I don't want to say it's different, but it doesn't feel like a fable. And I haven't read Wheel of Time, so I can't comment. But you can. But but Lord of the Rings definitely feels like reading like Hansel and Gretel or something like that. But on a large scale with a lot of detail and world building, but still very symbolic. If that makes sense.
0: Everything is tweaked that's followed from the lord of the rings like dragons dragons are this concept that we just like they existed prior to the lord of the rings but that sort of iconic vision of a dragon that permeates like say the dragon lance and the um the advanced dungeons and dragons all that sort of stuff that comes from uh, Lord of the Rings, dwarves, elves, stuff that are like a diamond dozen and everything else that we just take for granted, you know, comes from Lord of the Rings. The Wheel of Time, I, I always felt like the world was extremely well-developed in terms of all the, like, details almost too well-developed. But, like, the, the, the Shadow Riders and that, like, that are essentially the Riders of the Ring, like, it, they're completely cribbed from Lord of the Rings. There's tons of that stuff going on. So, yeah, the influence, the impact of Lord of the Rings is, is huge. Um, it, but... I think I, I would argue that like unlike other – like Star Wars we talked about on the show. Star Wars is a, was, was a cinematic entity first as Mike always p- points out. Like it wasn't an adaptation of something else. What it was though was a hodgepodge of many different things like westerns, B-movies, serials, Flash Gordon, all this sort of stuff brought into kind of one vision. Um, the The Lord of the Rings was J.R.R. Tolkien's attempt at writing a history, a mythic history for Great Britain. Uh, one one that he felt like would he, he felt that there, th- they they lacked um, a history uh, like Bo's talking about fables and creatures that he saw in other lands. He felt Brit- Britain didn't have this history, so he he you know essentially crafted one and to that effect. Uh, he did a, remar- a remarkable job. And one of the things that has not really been stolen – I guess you could argue halflings are, 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 are hobbits as well like in Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. But hobbits are one of those creatures that you see in nothing else. Like when I the, – the idea of these like quintessential British, uh, you know, tea and biscuits in the shire, let's smoke some pipe weed on a barrel – like, I mean, that is, to me, quintessential Lord of the Rings, and uh, I don't I, – I haven't seen that really taken anywhere else.
1: No, it's true. It has, like, people cribbing. Like, I remember I was a big Dragonlance reader back in the day. That's a, a Dungeons & Dragons universe set in the world of Kryn, and it had its own little thing. There's a character called Tasselhoff, and it's funny because they had their version of companions, too, with, like, elves, and he was a kender, which is just like a short – You know, thievy guy with, with um, you know, quick reflexes and can be really quiet. I'm like, it's basically a hobbit, but it's called a kinder, a kinder or something. Like, like I think it's been cribbed, but you're right. I can't think of any instances of of hobbitses in any other sort of works of fiction where it's clearly a hobbit culture. They're called hobbits, and they, you know, it's very unique to the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, it's weird how that works. It is like, but like, I mean, I'd be curious where his inspiration for hobbits came
2: from, but clearly all other things like, like, from saying like, you know, dragons existed in stories or as did elves, dwarves or any number of things. Um, it's, so it's, it's, it's like, cause wasn't he, he's a, he's a linguist. Right. And, and I think that that was his profession. Is that a profession? I believe was so. he an academic, he, something he was so. linguistic. So in creating the lang elvish language, and, and that was a huge uh, part of, uh, of the intrigue for him, I think, but a lot, a lot of it is just, is drawn from existing sts, um, sort of like myths and uh, fables that did exist, but, but not in the kind of form. It's like the, the form that the long form kind of multiple novels was like, uh, I guess, unique as well in that, like, you know, you might have stories with elves or like people like filthskin and these like fairy tales and things which had a lot of these creatures and things in it. But they existed in little like – it's like little fables that told some small truth or something. Yeah. Uh, and he put it together in this epic – it's like epic storytelling. Uh, though I guess that would have existed too because isn't that what Beowulf Beowulf is? You, you know, Crofty. Yeah, well, yeah. It's –
0: yeah. Beowulf is sort of an – an epic epic poem and poem. i
2: mean like it's
0: yeah and it's it's been through multiple translations and this sort of thing and it's something that's not like there's sir gawain and the green knight there's all these there's all these sort of poems and 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 short stories but nothing like epic and uniform and brought together in the way that the lord of the rings what
2: about like the king arthur stuff is that is any that's you know
0: that's often tied in with, with Christianity and religion. And I think Lord of the Rings was a big like step away from that, uh, which I think still at the time of its publication would have been, you know, you know, about Narnia and, and the C.S. Lewis stuff yes. allegory. Um, where, whereas they really stepped away. Whereas the, the Knights of the Round Table and the Holy Grail and all that sort of stuff, much, much more, um, tied in with sort of, uh, religious tropes. I do think, Mike, when you're talking about him being a, li- uh, a linguist, and it is interesting how, how he wrote all the Elvish and stuff. He was a cunning linguist, that's for sure. Uh, but these poems and um, the songs in 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 the books are really interesting because that's not something that you see nowadays anymore. Like when you read a fantasy book, there, there's not two pages of Tom Bombadil singing some sort of dopey song to people. You know, like that's, that's really – uh, and, and, and maybe that ties into what you were saying about it being childish. I guess what I'm having a hard time with is um, whenever whenever we do this show and we, we pick a topic, um, I like to try and think about how you would label it the different labels, good, bad, or bullshit. Normally, I'll have an issue where we'll pull something that's clearly negative and I just don't see how you can – call it anything other than a negative thing and not call it good in this case I just don't know how you wouldn't call like what is bad what is bad about the Lord of the Rings what is what is something that would 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 lead you to give it a bad verdict
1: it's it's a fantasy novel it's a time-wasting piece of crap that people shouldn't read because it's got nothing in reality
2: (laughs) tens of millions of words of trash fantasy that litters the bookshelves of used bookstores
1: And that it's like rather than – rather than watch new things, we like this old thing or something. I don't know. It's it, – I mean I – mean, yeah, Those point- are interesting points. Like in the tra- – there's always
0: going to be trash something, right? Like it's going to be trash fantasy. It's going to be trash something else. There will always be trash books, um, derivative things or whatever. For every great idea stuff, is going to be derivative. And, and, and Bo, like, like – you know, what you said, I could see a certain subset of the population being like, oh, yeah, you know, why waste your time with fake stuff? I know my mom, and I've mentioned this before, she just – science fiction and fantasy, she just does not get. And she comes from that that time period of like, you know, that's, that's for children, that's in comic books and all that sort of stuff. I, I find we're kind of – that's becoming less people of of – our generation, even the generation immediately prior, have grown up with like the Lord of the Rings and this sort of thing, so I think that that it's had a positive effect on how people are more accepting of of imaginative ideas across all all mediums.
2: It's funny, my brother's the other way. He like he can't fathom any fantasy. He's like, like he was, he was looking for TV shows to watch. I'm like, hey, you should watch a Game of Thrones like all right. show adaptation. You'll like it. And he's like, no, I I can't do that fantasy crap. I'm like nah it's like it's it's good I'm like if you like you know it's
0: practically alternate history a lot of
2: it you know like- yeah like yeah exactly I mean like I was like you you'd find it entertaining but you know it puts him off and its say and a lot of people are put off by fantasy as as, as well um I guess my question is like do we overstate <clears throat> the importance of say this particular work like is it if um you know J.R.R. Tolkien wait, Yeah, hadn't written this book. Would there be no fantasy as we know it? Like, is that is that true? You know, it, it, I think it would be different. Yeah, re- yeah. I, I definitely.
0: I think there would be. I think there would be some like ideas eventually rise to the top, uh, and I, I think you see stuff like um, uh, everything from like John Carter from Mars and Ed, um, Edward Burroughs' stories. Like the, the, there's all sorts of imaginative stories that were out there, but nothing that really co- sunk into the public consciousness like this does. And you see, you see how that, like, even in my uh, generation i've I've seen these works that have tapped into people's collective imagination everybody like either complains or is enjoying the fact that there is a bazillion superhero movies right now when I was a kid, I was really into superhero stuff, but it was not like it had not tapped into the collective consciousness at such a broad to such a broad degree as when like the first spider man movies came out in this like then then there there's real like desire for people to see this on the big screen that continues to this day i i think that that the lord of the rings is one of those important books and had it not events even had it not existed i don't know if things would be the same level of popularity the tropes the things that we talk about as tweaks that are derivative whatever the dungeons and dragons the whatever like, are they, would they look the same? Would they exist? And if they do mm-hmm. exist, how would they look? You well, know,
2: I mean, it's it like it's possible to think that like okay, that you know the, the that specific work really didn't form what came after because things are everyone borrows from everything else. Like, there is nothing, there is no creative work which stands alone. It's just that that's just the truth about creative endeavors. So the fact that you know, J.R. Tolkien, and a lot of the, you know, this this happens with a lot of ideas. Where you see, like, he, he was he was in this place at a certain time. He had a certain, you know, the skill set he had, and what he was inspired by or drawn from was things that existed already. All these concepts of elves and and kings and medieval fantasy, like the ideas of that, they already existed in other forms, right? Sure. And yeah. 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 And yeah. and it's so, but but like the form, like when did he write these? Was it like uh, late I thought they were, what? 1990s. No,
0: I thought they were published like in the 60s, weren't
1: they? No, I, I think I was like
2: 19 I thought he wrote them in like early 1900s.
1: Yeah, oh. I think that's Oh, I, no, here, not early should, ni- yeah, it might be early 1900s. That might be worth looking at.
0: No, okay, I, I him and CS Lewis would would eat together and stuff. Oh, no. It's uh so Story began as a sequel to Tolkien's 1937 fantasy novel The Hobbit. So it was 37. So written in stages between thirty-seven and forty-nine. So it was. When was it first published, though?
2: Yeah. Okay. So published in right.
0: three. Th- no, published for economic reasons. The Lord of the Rings was published in three volumes over the course of a year, from the twenty-ninth of July, nineteen fifty-four, to the twentieth of October, fifty-five. So I was close with the sixties. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, for for publishing. And, and but I'm just trying to think. Like, okay, what was the context in which he was working? And so he wrote them in the '30s. Uh, or, late, you know, going forward from there. But, like, when did the idea of long novels even come about? And I think a lot of, you know, you think of, like, Dickens, and, you know, it's sort of like the the, the rise of, of of print, so which was only, you know, maybe a matter of uh, 100 years prior. So, like, so you have a different form. These other ideas are still around. I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is, like, would someone else just not have done something similar if it wasn't him? And, you know, I did not think so. Well, and this is used for a lot of people say this for things like you know the theory of evolution. Is Darwin some genius? And other people are saying like, nah, you know it was in the air. There was other people that had similar ideas at the time. You said C.S. Lewis. You could argue, okay, it's got this Christian element, but, but, but like they,
0: it's but, but C.S. Lewis and and Tolkien, like they went to coffee together. They
2: they had a club together. Like they, well, there you go. But so the point is, is is it's like there was something you know brewing there, and and it's like, and again, like like this, you know. um, Something like Star Wars, which is hadn't been seen before, whatever. But like, if if that hadn't been done, would there never have been a, a movie like that? Yeah, I don't because, think so. Well, I'm just not sure. Like, I mean, maybe it would have taken a longer time. Well, it's there were there were things... space
1: movies before Star Wars, and there well, were... there were
2: space movies before Star Wars. They were different, and they were way pulpier. And but, but and there was also capture, space fiction.
1: They like, they didn't capture something like there's this sort of magical alchemy to certain things that. That, that strikes at yeah, people. Yeah, I
2: agree, but but I think what both of these things do, and and what I think Lord of the Rings did do, again, was draw from from stuff which existed, kind of mash it into something new. And I think that that's done a lot with a lot of different things. Uh, and uh, I, I guess I'm you know I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. It comes no, no, I
0: understand profits. I understand what you're doing.
2: But and and again, to be like, so this actual work is kind of like you know you read it, it's sort of like it's sort of predictable and formulaic. Uh, you know, you know all, all the characters you like don't really die except the one you can kind of tell is going to go
1: wrong, Boromir. I, I, I think it is... I think you have to question the age in which you're reading it where you're already bombarded from an early age with this kind of dramatic structure. So, like, you know, being clever at figuring out what happens in plots is not like a you don't deserve a medal for it when you've been watching stories, you know, since the age of two or whatever, whenever they sat you in front of a TV or gave you a book to read. I think... There, were, the reader, readership was a lot different back then, but what, and what experience I'm saying... of it, and and I have something to add to that because I think the thing that you're missing here, and I haven't read all fantasy books, so I don't have a base of knowledge, is that this is a book. While it has a large cast of characters and some of them really cool, the main through line for this is the journey of Frodo, who is not an awesome stalwart knight or some Mister Cool Dude and some you know with the damsel in distress or whatever. It's like a child. He is like a child coming into the world and everything is hard for this person. You talk about the slog in the middle of the book. Well, there's something kind of to the fact that you feel like it's a slog because it most certainly was a slog for the characters. And I think there's something about the journey, this sort of, this fable-like or, I don't know, this, this journey like Odysseus-like journey from like Greek texts that that is really fundamental to this. That it wasn't like I'm just trying to do world building and make this fantasy world for generations of... People who love this stuff, but there's something, there's something that you connect with very deeply with a protagonist's hero journey, and this one is very much about Frodo's hero journey, just but, very well developed.
2: So, was, so that's an interesting point. Like again, you, you know, it's like a hero's quest kind of thing, which existed, and you referred to like Greek texts, um, you know. So, so this type of like epic sort of story thing did exist before in different forms. And I would say that the long form novel was fairly recent with people like Dickens. If you've ever read any Dickens, it's long, long, a lot happens. And, Often published in the newspaper over yeah, multi-stages, st- yeah, and, right? And, and, and you might argue that that's where the large novel came from. You know, the fact that people wanted to publish weekly in papers, so they became super long and they're paid by the world. So that maybe delivered the novel so,
1: so, so someday this podcast will be published in like on a super CD in the future, yeah, not <laughs> the like, entire yeah. series is one shot. One, one no, shot in the CD? future, people will not have patience. They'll just download it straight to their brain and they'll have watched it all in two seconds. That's but how- again,
2: all I'm saying, so, so, you know, all these other, it's like all these pieces were floating around and he, so he just took like, you know, it's a long form fiction, which already existed and kind of like myth, uh, this sort of particular type of European mythology uh, and uh, like fable, like mythology, and just put them together. Uh, and I, I'm not trying. Again, I'm trying to pay No, I, I, I get.
0: I think it's it's clear that you're making you're making yeah. a point. So and it's, it's not like- an, it's not a bad point. I just just to move on just slightly from it because Bo was raising a point that I thought was interesting about the Frodo's hero journey and and something that I thought I found different and not not necessarily something that I enjoyed, especially as a kid is you are presented with this character, especially coming off The uh, the Hobbit, which you, you're clearly, it is Bilbo's hero journey. Like Bilbo goes on a grand adventure and it's whimsical and all this. Frodo's adventure, like honestly kind of sucks. And it's about, it's more about Sam's hero journey than it is anybody's. Um, and, and what does like, what does Frodo really do? And this kind of bothered me a bit is as, as a kid, because you don't, essentially he is given he takes on this responsibility as the ring bearer and that it in the ring it turns him you know becomes heavier and turns him evil in in the very first leg of the story he gets stabbed by one of these poisonous swords that essentially screws him for the part of the you know the remaining trip he's a burden and carried many times by other people um yes he makes some selfish selfless choices but the the reality is like he starts even turning evil at the end pushes sam away and all that and and it's really you know Sa- Sam's steadfast friendship comes back and and you're as, as especially a young reader, you're sold on Sam as being kind of like the, you know, the assistant, the associate, the buddy, but not the main guy. The main guy was supposed to be Frodo. He's you know descendant from Bilbo. All Bilbo was the main guy last time, but really, uh, Frodo doesn't do a tremendous uh, amount of things. And it was really actually only seeing it uh, in the films afterwards. And I I was like, man, Frodo is really like he he really doesn't do too much he's important, but in terms of how books are generally structured and hero journeys generally are, can you imagine like of Luke Skywalker, the whole movies were like, of Star Wars movies in the first one, he gets like maybe his hand cut off and then he gets an infection. And then Han Solo has to drag him around the whole time. And then at the very end of the movie, he's able to push Darth Vader over with his last breath or something. I mean, it is kind of interesting the the creative direction that Tolkien took with this. I think that's an unusual direction to take with a character.
2: <laughs> it would be like at the end of Star Wars when the Emperor would be like, join us! And then Luke Skywalker would be like, yeah okay, and then R two D two comes out and throws him into the pit because that's kind of how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how it ends where it's Like Samwise is like kind of like you know when he puts the ring on. Anyways,
0: and also it's, Gollum is is Gollum is there a, as this sort of like character that is perhaps you know seeking some form of redemption, right? Like he, he, wow. he's obs- well, he's obsessed with the ring. He's obsessed with the ring, but but one of the big. Things that Frodo does is shows forgiveness towards Gollum, where Sam is like, "We gotta, we gotta stab this motherfucker." Um, you know, <laughs> uh, Frodo is like, "Sam, now we have to trust in the Gollum and blah blah blah. He will lead us the way and all this sort of mm. thing." And, and and at the end, like when you know, and and this is obviously the magic and the hold of the ring, and I get it. But but like in terms of stereotypical plot beats, you would expect that that Gollum would turn. Or, or would turn good, you know, would, would redeem himself. In the end, he essentially, he does lead to the ring being destroyed, but it's almost more of a series of farcical coincidences than it is a concrete determination by his body. Yeah,
2: his I mean, part. and but, but he's almost used as like a proof that the ring is will corrupt anyone because, you know, he's this creature that's like a hobbit, you know, and they have these glimpses to his youth and he was corrupted by the ring and was consumed by it. And I think it was become pretty clear that like the same fate would have befallen Frodo if he hadn't had help from friends and allies or whatever. But again, this comes back to again, maybe one of my other main criticisms and I'm trying to be (laughs) the which is, which is how to do it as a counter to something like a more, I guess a more modern um, fantasy novel in that it deals with extremely simplistic concepts like there is evil and then there is good and good must be evil. And that's, and, you know, and, and to some extent, we did a whole podcast on good and evil, which I think we largely agreed that that whole concept is a bunch of bullshit and, and potentially even uh, b- a bad, thing. So, and these stories operate under that very, like you have Mordor and whatever the, I can't remember, Sarum, no, not Soron Sar- and he's like pure evil and made this ring is evil like that's it right it's like what motivates him like he's evil i don't know uh, and then you have good characters like gandalf who are just like and other elves who are just good and it's like good must fight evil and you're like what is this this is nothing and then and then you read something like like um george R martin these guys in the rrs which is this whole layers of like of like human motivation and shades of gray that's just like, hipster
1: fantasy dude no it's no it's not <laughs>
2: it's, no, it, it's just that what it what it does you know a, a more a more i think it's a more complex more realistic telling of any kind of story is that is it, and again i think this is because tolkien drew from like fables which are simplistic children's sort of um uh, narratives which are just like there's bad things and there's are bad evil is bad and be good sure. Uh, but that the reality is all kinds of people do things for all kinds of different m- motivations, which are not necessarily good nor bad, though they may affect people in ways that are perceived as good or bad or, or evil, um, though from that person's point of view. So when you read something that is really layered uh, with character motivations, it, it, you realize that, you know, and, and that the, the world is complex and it's not just like, oh, it's evil, period, Uh and that there's good period in the same way that a lot of superhero stuff is very simplistic that way. the 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 more rich uh, stories are look at the complexities of motivation and and how we perceive things that are good or bad, or why you, root for some people so you know to some degree like it's a really simplistic like uh, but uh,
0: uh, but you can't you can't also wash that under the rug by saying it's of the time because books like you know the great Gatsby and stuff like that had characters going through you know uh, multi-layered emotional journeys without without everything being simplified to this character's good or this char- character's evil like it was happening in in other fiction it's just that um fantasy and sci-fi have always been slower to adapt to those sort of tropes they have played to a younger age
1: group i think that there's more moral ambiguity than you guys are giving credit for now i'm basing this mostly on the book as opposed to the film which is very much hollywoodized in in some respects because in the larger scale... I mean, Sauron's going to blink out the world. That's his purpose. And everyone has a stake in that not why is, happening. Wait, why is that his purpose? I don't yeah, understand. Exactly. That's wait, what's, what's... wait, but it doesn't matter. Because when you, think, when you take a fantasy book, especially one based on fables, and try to rationalize and explain everything as people who love a thing or want to do, um, you miss the point. Because so the point is the journey, not the logical sum of the balance and parts of a thing and because like Gandalf is not good I mean Gandalf is a force for the the positive what's good to the stakeholders of the people who live in the world but the elves are dispassionate they're sometimes (laughs) good they're sometimes dicks real dicks sometimes especially those wood elves I think and and never
2: trust a wood you know
1: dwarves are very selfish the humans are small minded the hobbits are kind of self-involved like there's There are, there's a lot of shades of gray for a book that yes, has a, there's a good versus evil, but all through the journey, there's an exploration of of themes that are not necessarily, it's the good guys versus the bad guys. And I think that's depicted in the film a little too bluntly, but I think is, it's not as prevalent when you're reading the book.
2: Well, and it's like, but, but just things like orcs. You have all these creatures who are there to be slaughtered, and they're like these evil creatures. Like, well, what are they?
1: Well, they're like, genetically they're GMOs, dude. They're <laughs> like, GMOs. they're GMO. Like, so, Sa- 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 Saruman the White, like, formerly the White, I think, I, makes okay. the, the he makes them right. Like, they're but just there GMOs. Also things
2: like goblins that weren't made. There's like ev- there's creatures that are evil, and but they're you know, not evil. They're just dicks. like the Balrog is this evil. Like, I guess you know, and and your your point's well taken in in the sense that like. What this is is, I think, it's a simplistic ad- adventure. And the Hobbit, in particular, you know, is aimed somewhat at children. I read it, I think, when I was twelve or thirteen, and it was—it's a wonderful book to read at that age, the Hobbit, particularly. Um, you know, and and I think because there, it's. Kind of aimed at younger audiences, I think, to some extent, and I think
0: The Hobbit is much more so than The
2: Lord of the Rings. Much rains. more so, but the other ones, I think, it's still probably like younger-ish readers, uh, so, which is why, like some some of these things are, as much as you're like, yeah, it's this adventure, and yeah, they go on this journey, but you know, you know, and I've read the books multiple times, obviously love them to some extent. I'm, but but just when I think deeply about them, I'm like, you should, you know, read something like. A Song of Ice and Fire, and see things where you're like, it seems like there's all these evil characters,
1: but there's not, they're a not. Song of Ice and Fire is a fantasy book, like in the modern sense that we understand it. This is a fable. This is not meant. It's not. It's meant to be yet you reference for children. And I I think somewhere I read that Tolkien was sort of thinking about storytelling to his children or a niece or something. Like it was written with that in mind, but it's not intended only to be read by children. They're not children's books. They're meant to be read by everyone, but they are meant to act. A child's mind and imagination is more likely to be activated by these things than an adult who's clouded with cynicism and rationality. Well, and, well that, you know, that
2: was my whole point, is that it's, you know, it's... Again, I'm trying to find things to poke at it. And I know. Like, yeah, it's know. kind of simple, you know? That's know. not necessarily bad either.
1: But I don't I think don't, it's, I don't, like... I don't think... Sorry, Crofton, just to interrupt. I just don't think it's it's... The movies do a good job or a bad job of making it kind of good versus evil in that Hollywood style, even though it's they're pretty well done. But the book is very involved and goes down these side passages that are just just these magical little journeys of literature, really, like the whole Tom Bombadil thing and you know the experience with. Um, uh, no, I'm forgetting now. But anyways, like oh the um, the writers of Rohan, that's a great part of the book and all that kind. Of, like it take and the, and and when they get lost not in the the what's the marshes the dead marshes but when they finally get into mordor there's a lot of there's a lot that happens in there like mount doom and all that and and it's real good so i read it in my late 20s i think so there's a different perspective you have you might want to give it a flip i've read it like i I, I think i I think oh you're not
0: giving mike enough credit here he's probably read it more than both of us put together and he's he's playing devil's advocate because yes. somebody needs uh needs to do it here and, i'm picking and, uh, on mike <laughs>
1: and, and, and i
0: will i will say that it's um that he raises you know he does raise some interesting points but I, it does make me when i hear him especially repeatedly bring up george R. R. martin who i lose more and more respect for pretty much uh as that <laughs> as that series goes on and just yeah.
2: Just
0: it's off the rails a bit. Yeah, it, it's off the rails, and I think that there's something to be said about knowing how to finish a story, and I'm I'm starting to appreciate that more and more. And so the the, the Lord of the Rings is 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 in many ways like sort of a, a fable type structure has a beginning, has a middle, has an end, has a sizable amount of characters, sizable amount of subplots. A lot of people go on uh, different journeys. Bo is right on one side of the equation. Not the evil side, the good side. There's different characters with different motivations. On the evil side, everyone's just evil. Um, and if anything, and if anything, it is one of the first pieces of fiction that I can remember that introduces this concept of like falling to the evil side, which was you know borrowed heavily by Star Wars with the falling to the dark well, side. Well, the
2: whole Bible. What what is <laughs> you know? You there's know, a, I, there's a clearly a narrative of yeah, like bad yeah, stuff and good stuff that is you know. It's true, right?
0: And then it was, it was because there's people that would just like fall to the to the temptation of the devil, right? In the in the Bible, that's that would be yeah, it. Like, like
2: Eve. She's like, hey, look at this apple. The snake said yeah, it's good. Guess I'll eat it. Yeah, that see the difference between that though is that's
0: like that's, um somebody talking you into something, <laughs> where whereas whereas I'm I'm talking more like about and and I know there are some. Uh, a Bible uh, stories that m- might be better better served as examples, but the idea of like some sort of magical force, the dark side, or like you know whatever's in the ring of power, the evil influence that affects Worma, what's his name, the the guy that talks to the king, something tongue, Worma, Worm tongue, Worm tongue, yeah. I think, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> like all. All, all that, all that sort of stuff. The idea is that when Saruman falls to evil side, it, it, instead of just being like I turned heel and I'm, I'm, I'm going to join Sauron, he, he's saying like he he's essentially being affected by evil magics of the mind as well like so he's not in his right you know he's not in his right mind it's sort of a cop i understand what mike's saying because when you get when you get into these situations it's sort of a cop out like boromir on his deathbed is like oh i was you know it was the ring it made me evil and now i'm dying <laughs> so i'm not evil anymore and they're like oh that's all feel sad we, we forgive you, you know. So having these external forces that make – that drive people to evil or, um, is a, like – you can look at it as a narrative cop-out. If anything, it makes it really easy. It's, it's why we enjoy like – or people enjoy fiction about the Nazis. Nazis, even though it's a complex sociopolitical phenomenon, people are, can easily look at Nazis and be like, oh, they're evil. Let's just kill them, you know, or whatever. It's the same with zombies or the same with whatever. So the Lord of the Rings managed to fabricate a sort of uniform enemy empire, which is now common a a dime a dozen in a lot of fiction. So it's just like I I think like there's so many things that it – it uh, pioneered in so much effect. and yeah, some of the effects are negative.
1: But like, anyway, I, I don't know if you guys are ready to roll well, up into verdicts. Considering but that my... you know English literature um, academics have probably filled endless volumes, the Lord of the Rings trilogy a thousand times over. I don't think we can cover the entire gamut of a conversation <laughs> on Lord of the Rings alone in one one hour podcast. Certainly. We can't have time to cover the expanded universe because there are a lot of um expanded middle universe, like middle earth books written by tolkien like the I think the similar yeah but that's
2: like but, but, but they're the
1: considered movie. middle earth they're in in the Canon of middle earth, and I know when I was a younger person, I believe it was his son was writing books set in the you know the world of the middle like. They're continuing to be made. I presume. I don't know if they that's still are, like
2: but cop out. Like I give him. It's not a cop out. That's credit, all then...
1: fantasy. Like all fantasy settings, like Dragonlance, they're still hiring writers to pump out books set in the world of Dragonlance. And the one thing I like about Lord of the Rings, and you add the Hobbit into it, is that it can be this closed space, even though it's really long.
2: But well, you what, give no, George that... R.
1: Martin crap, but I'm like pretty much all fantasy authors, including the man himself, J.R. Tolkien. As a world that never ends. It never runs out of stories.
2: And I'm like, yeah, I I disagree with that. I'm like, I think it is closed. Like, I think it's it's sacrilege. To me, it seems sacrilege for people to be like, oh, I'll write some stories set in, like, it's pretty much just like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. That's it. Like, there's pretty much, if you're looking for more details, you've got to read his giant appendix. Like, that's, you know, it's not like there's other stories. And The Cimmerillion is like this poem it's difficult to read and not very But like as
1: long as it's set in the world it's got the brand like it's you know there's a a set of shared assumptions in that world that you bring to a story that you see is in that world
2: right it's different than like dungeons oh yeah okay we should probably get the verdict here
1: all right well uh let's uh let's bring in the uh let's bring in our fantasy sheep um where are they
2: they should be like orcs and (laughs) <laughs> trolls. I wish I had If I would have known
1: We were doing it I would have uh, Brought in orcs And trolls
0: Ents
1: Also worth noting That I really like the Ents Entwerps Are they Entwerps Or just Ents but, Yeah the Ents are awesome Yeah And, and you know the, the journeys of Paragon Took And the other guy Merry Merriam Mary, Mary. What's his other He has another name though, Mary. Um, one's a full of a took, Move and the me other along. one is a whatever. <laughs> Why don't you help me instead of moving me along? All I right, don't fine. know.
2: He's called Mary. I don't
1: know. All right, uh, who wants to go first? Brandybuck is. Oh, you might be Brand- Yes, Mary a doc, Mary a doc, Brandybuck, and Peregrine Took. That's good two of the best names in the Brandy. fantasy. I think I will change
2: my verdict now that we know that. <laughs> All right, go. Me? Okay, I will go first because I've been a big trying to be devil's advocate here. But I I have to give Lord of the Rings good. You know, I, I write it at the right time in my life to have been really captivated by these works it inspires your imagination. You feel like you're living in this world when you're reading them. I was just, I'm a slow reader and was even slower reader when I was a kid. It took me like better part of a year to get through these things. And it was like, and I can still, I can still remember sitting in this like room we had in our house with in the spring with like this, Light shining in the afternoon, getting home from school, and sitting down and reading, and being super excited to turn the pages of these those books—like they're they're wonderful things—and I've gone back to them a few times. I think, with compared to to some other uh, more modern works, you you could find some criticisms in in the storyline, as we were discussing a little bit. But ultimately, you know, it, it's an it was a pioneering thing, and they're entertaining. You know, how can you, like Crawford said, how how can you really be like, Oh, they're bad? So yeah, they're good. All right.
0: I'll go uh I'll go next. Um yeah, it's funny because like uh the Lord of the Rings was not even my favorite fantasy series as a kid and it, it was once at one point where I was like, you know, as hipster teens are want to do I thought like oh man this is overrated people are way into this blah, blah 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 But then I came I came back around and at one point and this is true wrote like bad teenage short fiction of me and my friends in the Lord of the Rings universe and used <laughs> and used oh, our, man, I'd love to read that and used our names like I think my character's name was like crop. Croftinian or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> or like whatever, some <laughs> sort awesome. of like a clearly hybrid by name, you know, like um. And, can you uh, write? Can you and, write a new
2: one with you and Bo and I in
0: it? God, if, if it should. was
2: of the same quality, and it's funny because I ripped off all
0: this sort of beats and and, and all this. Stuff. I'm like, hey, I could write fantasy, uh, but. uh but it just goes to show you what what an impact that those those books have. And like honestly, I was I was growing up reading these books in the '90s, and this is when like Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, all these things were really really popular. Um, the fantasy was really hot on the on the bookshelves well before it broke into movie theaters, and uh, it all really stemmed from the Lord of the Rings. And people were reading, still reading the Lord of the Rings, and I think that that's one of the things that impresses me the most is um is the fact that it's still read and and still appreciated uh by not just like the current generation and the past generation but future generations people are are interested and can read those books they're not written in such a way that they're they're dense and 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 boring or whatever except for maybe the swamp stuff in the second book they for the most part they move along quite well and they're they're very accessible and so to that to that extent they they have have done well today with the movies and all that um adding more uh, readers people who I hope will then go to the books after seeing the movies so the, because of the fact that I thought I love them then because of the fact I love them now, and even based on all Mike said, which I think were valid points, like you need to you need to uh, look at even the most timeless works with a critical eye. And everything he said is uh, is true, uh, but I think that it doesn't take away from the fact that that it is a seminal work in its genre and and one that continues to impact and influence today, and it just happens to be a pretty good yarn as well. So I'm going to say, uh, Lord of the Rings is good.
1: I'm gonna round out the verdicts very simply and say that the movies are okay, but really it's the books, you know, if you haven't read it, it's a good read, you owe it to yourself to read, get lost in the fantasy. Is it a bit good versus evilly? Sure, but it's also a lot of fun and it's very creative and very inspiring. And you can see all that inspiration in the modern world around you. Certainly there's a lot of people who are passionate about the kind of things that he didn't necessarily invent but that he made into the quilt of fantasy that he did and um it doesn't get much better than that i think a lot of people try to grasp at that level people who even may get a lot of acclaim uh, but they don't reach that sort of they don't touch the spots that mr tolkien touches with the lord of the rings and the hobbit's quite good too but the lord of the rings really is epic so i'm going to say that the lord of the rings is good (laughs) blast those trumpets trumpet it's fanfare lord of there the rings have, fanfare
0: there you have it folks nobody touches both spots like J.R. tolkien um,
1: so if you uh
0: have opinions on the lord of the rings you know maybe maybe you're like mike's brother maybe you think like all fantasy i just don't get into that fantasy shit and you what? want to tell us why well feel
2: <laughs> If he's listening, he's still peeved that we didn't do martial arts. <laughs> yeah, he
0: got it. <laughs> yeah. We gave him a little uh twister. We should call it martial arts just to screw with him.
1: Oh that we, Oh that's not oh we should release this on April Fools and call uh, it martial arts. <laughs> then
0: it turns into the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Uh, that is a total twist. Um, if you oh. think that's if you think that's a good idea, or if you have ideas about the Lord of the Rings you want to share them with us, please do. Goodbadbull at gmail dot com is where you can reach us. Um, you can also just go to goodbadbull.com. You'll find all our episodes there. We would love it if you visited. We've got a ginormous archive. You can also just you know go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher. Follow us, give us five star reviews. You get everything directly delivered to your uh, podcatcher of choice, I guess. Um, and uh, you can uh, you can also follow us on on Twitter at Good Whenever there's a new episode, we tweet it out, of course. Um, and of course, we are also individuals of an individual nature, Bo. If people want to follow you individually
1: on the internet or elsewhere, how can they do that? All right. Well, you can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter. We got this good batter bullshit running strong on a weekly basis again, and we got a new exclamation mark podcast probably coming out. It's probably already out. So if you like video games, check that out. Check me out on Core, and I guessed it on Stormcast. So if you're here from because of Core and like here's of the storm, check out Stormcast. Just Google Stormcast. It's somewhere. Uh, Yeah, That's you can find me in all those places and more. You
0: said that, Bo Schwartz, on Twitter somewhere in there, did you? I did. That was the first thing I said. Okay, I see. I'm sick. I already forgot that. <laughs> uh, and uh, Mike, if people want to follow you in real life or in virtual life, how do they do that?
2: They can follow me on a journey into the West with a ragtag group of uh, dwarves. And Annie Lennox. Um, <laughs> <an> interesting
0: group. <laughs> she sings the song into the west i'm, I'm still
1: on board King. with this I'm, I'm still on board um yeah.
2: so um, like my friends of middle earth i i'm like don't give a shit about twitter it's oh, true you ask them
1: they don't care about twitter the
0: they, th- they think it's the sound the birds make
1: all right i want to say one though because now we're, you, a, we're having a conversation like? about outros and we talked this whole time very disciplined like about uh, um, Lord of the Rings but the new Warcraft speaking of things influenced by Gerald Token the Warcraft movie's coming out soon and we just cut a glimpse of the dwarves and the dwarves in this they look like dwarves like the they look ugly they look like the more classic kind of dwarf yeah not, not, like,
2: not like in the Hobbit movies where they just look like
1: humans They yeah they actually Come. have like squishy faces and, and weird dwarf yeah they dwarf should features. be like broad and short and squat Always uh.
0: he's Crofton and you can follow me at Crofton oh. Steers on Twitter <laughs> um yeah, uh, Bo was talking about the Warcraft movie while well, I do my outro. Uh, that movie looks like a giant pile of garbage. I would like to be proven wrong, but every time I see a trailer for it, I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> Look, before my... you
2: guys, you can say, you know, that is uh, a few game inspired thing. To, to if we're gonna go out talk talking Lord of the Rings, let's go favorite characters, character,
0: mm. favorite character. It's easy. Oh, yeah. it's,
1: it's, kind. it's it's kind of easy, but I really like Gandalf. Everybody likes Gandalf. Yeah, it's, I know.
2: Yeah. I like but Gandalf too. He's awesome <laughs> he's an old guy, but he's the
1: shit. You know. But he's not just an, he's not a human, by the way, right? He's an ith or something. He's it,
2: actually he's not an elf. And I not elf. With, like, not an elf. elf.
1: There's a race of people before the Middle Earth was created. They're they're like they're like he said he's not a human. He's not of that Middle-earth. He's an outsider in some kind of a humanish form. Is that what the... Yeah, like, that's what the expanded... The Like all, yeah, wiz, wizards? Yeah, wizards are not humans. Like, hu- humans don't go to study to become wizards in Middle-earth. They are beings from the angelic plane that are, make themselves appear, and they're strange and As weird. old men. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why Saruman the White... Apparently, like, because he's a bad guy, but of he was men? actually... He was the purest of all of them, but he got so frustrated with the bureaucracy of, the of, bureaucracy? of, the, sure of, of whatever. I can't remember the names of the world, but, you know, the demonic angel yeah, b- yeah. plane okay, or whatever.
2: Stop getting uh, Crofton, who, Boromir? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's funny because this is one that I sort of I changed my opinion on. Like when I was a kid who was for sure Aragorn because he's like – Strider. You know, yeah, he's Strider. It's too, you know, and I was annoyed that he stopped being called Strider because you're so invested in him as Strider, the ranger, when he's called Aragorn. I'm like, screw that. Yeah. Strider is way it more is cool awesome. When he's like
2: the mysterious guy it, in the bar or whatever. Yeah, but,
0: you know, I, I, was totally in, I was totally into him. But then and but then at one point it's like, oh, you know, he's the cool guy to like. And then I was like, oh, I got to switch guys. But now as an adult, and I, think, I think back on it. I think my favorite character, at least right now, is Peregrine Took.
2: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it took us good. Why not? Because uh, Comic relief, buddy. Like, oh, yeah. I just. Are I you do, played I, by the uh, movies, though? No,
0: maybe, maybe. Because honestly, the movies were the last thing I saw. And if that's so, like. When we did Lord of the Ruins, we did the books, but we're talking about the movies. And both shot a little bit on the movies, not a lot, a lot. I've shot on the movies. Too. I, I would say that I actually really enjoy the movies, they're and good. so I, I, I would say that they're they're up there in some of my favorite movies. And they're,
2: pre- they're pretty good, but like the Hobbit ones, man, they were frustrating me a lot.
1: I'm not talking about those yeah. ones. I would yeah, say but, that The Lord of the Rings, what they did is about as good as they could, we could possibly get. I don't
2: know. Well, this is the problem, because when you read these books, like, and I had read them a couple times, I had these images in my head, which is just like, you know, was just right... No, I know. But I mean, movie-wise, like... And then you watch a movie, you're like, oh, really? Like, that's how they did that? Uh. That's always yep. how it is, though. Yeah, yeah, it is always how it is, you know? And, and I did, th- they did do a good job, but, but my... I, I guess I kind of agree with Bo that Gandalf is kind of... I kind of like Gandalf. But my next favorite character was Gimli. And I always like... Because because dwarves kind of never get credit, you know? No, I like Gimli. I like I like the dwarves, and it was kind of like him, and, 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 and he always kind of like... Him and Legolas, uh, you know, they, they were kind of like these partners, and they really were both, like, good. But yet the movie somehow made Gimli seem like an idiot, and Legolas just awesome. And I was like... I hated that because in the books, the way I read them, these guys were like equals, and they're from different races who traditionally didn't get along, but they became friends, and they were both kind of like awesome. And the movies, that Gimli just became sort of comic relief, even though he still chopped things with his axe. He wasn't, but Legolas is like backflipping shit It's just like and I was like, I that annoyed me, and I think Gimli's cool, and dwarves uh, don't get enough credit. They
1: didn't. They didn't give Gimli his moments where they gave Legolas. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't. They're like. Oh, put Orlando Bloom right uh, shooting an arrow <laughs> so and attractive. riding on a on a yeah, and like Gimli like oh, quick shot of him putting an axe in someone's head. Whatever, it's, it's expensive special effects. We're gonna spend it on yeah. They have like Legolas like, like who um, wants to spend a ton of special yeah. effects money on John Reese Davies like. He's awesome. Know. No, he's what? awesome, but he is not a sexy leading man. I, like Erlanda I will, Blink. I
2: will say
0: that soon as it, and, and this is why. Like I never really even looked at the Hobbits as closely as I should have until as an adult. But like when you're when I was a kid and I read the Hobbit, they, they're all dwarves. There's like twelve dwarves and like a friggin' one Hobbit. But when you, when you read and Gandalf,
2: you,
0: yeah, and Gandalf obviously when you read the Lord of the Rings, it's like. Of the party, there's four of them are hobbits, so like to differ, it, w- it was much easier to get behind somebody like the one elf or the one dwarf or whatever. But I still had dwarf odd from the last book, so I was less keen on it.
2: <laughs> keen on yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, but oh, yeah, now, right oh. now I'm a
0: peregrine took. But I will say that that um, none of the character I don't I don't consider the Lord of the Rings to be a st- super strong character uh book like in terms of like the characters in there are, are, are very um broad swaths of characters they they don't really get really into what makes them tick i actually i actually found the movies got into them more as people than a lot of what was in the books yeah
2: they're pretty they're pretty simplistic you know what what are what are what are motivating these characters that not you know they're just sort of doing stuff they're, they're not flushed out really but no. Yeah. Anyways, and we shouldn't, shouldn't I should re-enter I, this. I, Gandalf I that, is a, an Istar. Sorry,
0: that's what I, he. I thought Sean Bean did a money job as Boromir. He really, he really sold me on. Especially if you see the extended versions with the scenes of him and his dad in Gondor and stuff, really sold me on the idea of of a character. Uh, like being vulnerable but strong and all that sort of stuff at the same time really felt more multifaceted than the version I remembered from the book. So John
2: Bean's good at getting killed in fantasy series. In any series, <laughs> he's kind of
0: good though. He's good at getting killed.
1: So uh, before you finish that thought, thank you for watching the VOD. More check out more good stuff, a good bad ball. You probably
0: left this dumber than you came Bye. in. Which, which our Bye. They can't stop talking for two seconds. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bob's gone crazy.
2: It's funny that the highlight of that show was my alphabet epiphany. <laughs>